If your brand could use more effective and efficient ways to ignite growth, you've come to the right place. This is where smart marketers learn to leverage their own community to ignite growth in sales, awareness, and beyond. Welcome to The Rise, the community commerce marketing show. I'm your host, Jason Athals, and today we are exploring the new and exciting category of content marketing strategy, automation, and software called community commerce marketing. Today, we're going to spend some time uh, talking about Web3, the metaverse, and AI, artificial intelligence, because we're lucky enough to have Mitch Jackson with us on the program. He is the co-author of a new book called The Web3 Metaverse and AI Handbook. So pretty simple, straightforward. We know what we're talking about today. He wrote that with his son, Garrett, doing a ton of uh, open experimenting in the new in that new universe and sharing a lot of his learnings today. He'll do that with us uh, on the rise. Before we bring Mitch in, though, do take a moment to hit that follow or subscribe button if you're watching on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. The Rise of the Community Commerce Marketing Show is a new streaming platform and audio podcast from Scipio.ai, the leading community commerce marketing platform. Find us primarily on YouTube or uh, LinkedIn for the show. Just look for Scipio AI as the username and don't miss the streamed show each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. 11 a.m. Pacific. If you prefer to listen to the audio on demand as a podcast, just jump over to uh, wherever you get your podcasts and search for The Rise, the Community Commerce Marketing Show, or for an easy menu to subscribe, you could go to scipio.ai slash podcast. All right, we have designed uh, the wonderful uh, program here on The Rise to make efficient use of your watching time uh, on the live stream. So let's get to it. Mitch Jackson joins us today from sunny Southern California to talk about the AI, among other things. Good morning, Mitchell. How are you, sir? Good morning, Jason. It's good to be here bright and early in Southern Cal. There's a little rain in the sky, but I'm glad to be inside with you and your community. Well, I'm never going to feel bad that you get rain once every you know six months. So uh, <laughs> in, that enjoy that. <laughs> so, Thank you, sir. We will. Let's get right to it, my friend. I want to start out uh, talking about AI. Obviously, Scipio.ai is a company built on that technology, but the folks out there watching and listening are far, far more interested in the possibilities of AI and how it can help their businesses. Open AI products like ChatGPT are blowing up, and those, those are content creation tools, but that's just skimming the surface of what's possible, is it not? I agree. I, you know, one of the advantages of being a lawyer is we get to see the products and services six months to a year before they roll out to the general public, generally speaking, right? Whether it's on your phone, your desktop, your laptop, or in the metaverse. I've never seen more enthusiasm and excitement from clients that are developing these tools. I've never seen more business opportunities because of AI, Web3, and the metaverse. I've never seen more legal opportunities and the, and, and the opportunity for lawyers to help business owners stay safe in these spaces. So I'm with you. This is an exciting time to be alive. This is an exciting time to try new technology. And frankly, it's uh, it's the time to create better client experiences. Well, and, and, and as you may have ascertained from that, if I didn't prime the audience well enough, if you don't know, Mitch, he is a practicing attorney. 
in Southern California. <laughs> so that's his business perspective yeah. on things. But he spends an awful lot of time just sort of teaching people how to use these new technologies, which is why he's here. Now, Mitch, I know you've been experimenting a, a lot with uh, image creation as well. Can AI, yeah. uh, in your estimation and experience, reasonably create a company's social media content, including images and perhaps videos at this stage? Or do we need some advancements to happen there? My personal take is we need some advancements, to, you know, to, to happen moving forward. I think it uh, it gets us about 80 to 90 percent there if you use it the right way, if you use the right prompts, garbage in, garbage out, right, depending on the platform you're using. And I think that uh, if you use AI to generate ideas and, and uh, formats and styles that you can then have your team step in and put the icing on the cake to personalize it to your particular audience. I think that's the best way that we've been able to use AI up to this point. As you know, it's getting better. It's getting better faster each and every day. If we have, if you ask me that same question a year from now or two years from now, my, my answer might be completely different. It, it's just something where I think it's really important that as business owners, we pay attention to how this technology is developing. We don't eliminate the human factor the human element in creating the final product. And I will tell you that the book you mentioned that Garrett and I co-wrote together, we had another co-author and that other co-author was Kai, the AI. If you look in the book, <laughs> each it's clearly referenced in the book that Kai is a co-author mm -hmm. just between us. It happened to be chat GPT three at the time. Now we're using GPT four for a lot of our stuff. And um, we use that to help generate ideas for chapters outlines for chapters to help us with some of the paragraphs that we're using in the book. And, you know, between using AI, between bringing in Garrett's ideas as a Gen Z Marshall School of Business at USC, he's now a post-creative strategist at VaynerMedia in LA, his insights between me being on stages in front of large legal audiences who want to learn more about this stuff, but I'm hearing the same questions over and over. What is Web3? What is the blockchain? How are smart contracts going to help us, Mitch, in building out our practices? We answered all of those questions in the book with the help of AI. And Jason, we wouldn't have been able to do that without the assistance of AI last December had we not given ourselves permission to leverage this technology. So I think if you go about it the right way, for now, keep that human influence a big component in our AI content. I think that's the best practices moving forward, at least for now. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. My my only hang up with AI um, and machine learning and, and, and robot generated anything has been taking the humanity out of it. And if you don't, sure. if you protect that, if you like, for instance, I've written um, now probably a half a dozen articles for myself or for Scipio, and I'm using uh, chat GPT. Um, when sure. I come up, some, sometimes I'll use it to say, I need to write an article about this, but I need to refine that into something that's going to be interesting. Give me, you know, topic lists. And so I'll get the idea for the topic and then I'll say, okay, write, uh, you know, a thousand word article about this topic. And I, I don't use that word for word. I use that as a first draft and a yeah. framework for what I might want to say. And then I add my own perspective and personality onto it and I remove stuff and I add my own original stuff too. It just gives me the framework so that I can sort of fill in the dots. And it's really more of a time saving technique for me, not a huge technique, huge um, time saving technique, Jason. Yeah, and I, can, I can spend, I can spend an hour coming up with an outline um, before I ever write, you know, a real sentence. 
um, to know what I want to write. And this takes that hour down to a couple of minutes. Jason, we're getting ready for a trial next next month. And I use chat GPT-4, which is whole next level, by the way. I don't know if you're playing around with, with four, uh, to help me with my uh, jury selection. And what are the questions I should be asking my potential jury panel in this particular venue, conservative venue, some economic stress on the community. My particular case is one where I'm asking for substantial, substantial money damages. And I'm asking it to be a uh, highly trained psychologist or psychiatrist or human factors expert and give me advice on what are the particular questions based upon what's happening in this community so that I can put the right butts in the seats. Unbelievable. I've been doing this for 37 years. I'm good in trial. This is going to make me better, much better. Uh, probably to a factor of 70% on picking a jury. And wow. so it gives you the questions and the insight that maybe you and I, if we had 10 hours to spend on each question, we'd eventually get there. But now it's bringing me to this point within 30 seconds. And to me, time is money. That's my game right now. And so, so I'm all in on this stuff <laughs> because it works. Man, that is a fantastic use case that I'd never thought about. But I mean, obviously yeah. you being a... A practicing attorney, that's an incredibly practical way uh, to use that. So I love I love the folks uh, folks out there probably jotting that stuff down because that's good stuff. So cool. speaking speaking of 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 chat GPT four, um, I, I you posed an interesting question uh, on your website not long ago, asking uh, it chat GPT four GPT four whatever you want to call it uh, if it wants to ex experience and have emotions and feelings. Tell us curious. a little bit about that experiment. And then I have a follow-up question for you. Well, I was curious. I, I think I read, you know, uh, a comment by someone or, or watched a video. I actually watched a video of Sam Altman, the co-founder of, of OpenAI, being interviewed by, uh, by another gentleman. And that topic came up. And so it got me to thinking, well, I know how the two of them feel about it. How does AI feel about whether or not it, it will incorporate emotions and feelings into its product and services, right? So I asked it and it shared its response. And then I thought to myself, okay, now that I know how AI feels, in other words, what it told me as of last week, and you and I both know that it, the data set that it's, that it's basing its responses on is continuing to learn. Uh, it basically said, you know, it, it would, there are some pros and cons to, to human emotions when it comes to the decision-making and content production process. But for now, I'm comfortable as an AI just uh, probably leaving emotions and feelings out of it. I want to give objective feedback. Then I drilled a little bit deeper. And as you well know, I think the key to AI, especially these tools, are subsequent prompts, diving deeper. And I thought to myself, rather than asking it what I thought might happen with AI, what would you like to see? happen when it comes to whether or not emotions and feelings should be incorporated into your subset, right? And it was interesting. It, it basically said uh, on several different prompts, one answer was not really a big priority right now. Another answer that I'm not sure which one I shared with the audience was I do want to experience these next level uh, feelings and emotions that my fellow, that my human beings are experiencing. So sit tight, Buckle your seatbelt, give me a couple of years, and I'll be right there with you crying on your shoulder the next time something goes wrong. So, you know, it's just fascinating to me to watch, to being that guy, Jason, just like you, where I started my practice before the internet. 
you know, we used to use dial-up modems and then websites and social and live audio and live video. And now fast forward to web two and web three. I don't take any of this for granted. It just blows my mind. And I think before we went live, I was telling you, at least from a business standpoint, one of the advantages of being a lawyer um, is that we see this technology six to 12 months before it's ever rolled out on a phone or on a desktop or laptop, right? There's, there's all types of due diligence that takes place. And I can tell you right now, without any hesitation whatsoever, this technology that you're talking about is what's on the mind of everyone. I'm talking about AI, Web3, and the metaverse, right? Every Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 company is putting money into these products and services. And, you know, you don't need to be the sharpest knife in the drawer to realize that's where the trends are going. So it's probably a good idea for all of us to, to, to stay ahead of the curve, ride that wave while the waves are breaking and make the most of these opportunities. Good stuff. So my follow-up question for that. It's a big it one. I'm sorry think. about that. No, no, no. It's good. That was I needed to hear all that. Do you think these content engines using AI will ever get to the point to where they can assert and or assume empathy, emotions, and the like? Because that I think crosses into a level of tech most of us, at least right now, will not be comfortable with. I'll. I'm not sure that's going to happen in my lifetime because that is next level. I think we're, we are looking at uh, computerized data, data sets. And I think mm -hmm. that while we can anticipate what a response might be if someone uh, witnesses a situation where a human being would be grieving and mm -hmm. sad and shedding tears, I think the systems, the data sets will be able to figure out that should be incorporated into the response, but that's different than actual emotions and feelings. True. I will, you know, I will tell you what I see happening in this space is I see AI definitely integrating with and taking the place of lawyers and doctors and engineers and, and marketers as far as anticipating next steps. Uh, when you and I are creating AI-based content and images and things like this, in the background, it will be automatically doing a, an intellectual property copyright background check. It will automatically, much like Grammarly does with, you know, with yeah. some of the wor words that we use, um, all of these things are going to be happening automatically and instantly, like instantly in the background. So I think it's going to help us do business in a more efficient and safe fashion which will be eliminating a lot of jobs and positions, but also giving us time and new opportunities to do new things. I mean, I wrote a popular article back uh, six months ago about the transition between the uh, horse and carriage industry 100 plus years ago in the automobile industry. Yep. And I see this as being that same type of transition. If you're doubling down on the horse and you're doubling down on the carriage and being a, a, a farrier and uh, having a, a saddle and bridle shop, that's great. But the fact of the matter is the automobiles came along and changed everything for good or bad. That's what we're seeing right now. This year in 2023, we're seeing everything change and you can either get on the train, <clears throat> work your way up to the locom uh, to the to the to the conductor's seat, and give some direction as to where you're going. <clears throat> excuse me, or you're going to be left behind at the station. In my sure. opinion, sure. So, uh, uh, what are some red flags, or, or I guess since you're an attorney, let me put it in more legal terms. Uh, how does a brand mitigate risk in in leveraging AI these days for its marketing? 
I think doing your due diligence, having a system set up where you're making sure that the intellectual property issues involved in the content that's being created are such that it satisfies your needs, your needs as a company. That's the biggest challenge I see right now. Companies that are outsourcing to third-party creators to create their content that they're then turning around, incorporating into what they do or what they provide to their client. That's great. I, I love that business model. But you need to make sure that the intellectual property issues are handled both with the third-party creators and with the content you're providing to your client. If your client is looking to have you create content for next year's Super Bowl ad, you better make sure that the content you're providing to your client is protected by intellectual property rights. Right now, as you know, or as you may know, you know, AI uh, generative art is not, you can't copyright as of today, mm -hmm. AI generative art. The Copyright Office has come out a couple of times. They've come out with some recommendations and that's a whole nother show for another time. But imagine having a third party artist or you create uh, artwork or an image or a video that's not that can't be copyrighted and you use that in next year's you know eight million dollar for 30 second commercial super bowl ad that could be a problem if your client finds out that you know there's no ip rights to what yeah. the world just watched the other thing is you really want to be careful with um plagiarism plagiarism issues um you want to be careful with if your your clients are looking to use this content for SEO purposes, you know, there's a conversation right now as to whether or not AI generated written content is going to help or harm the SEO efforts right. that we're looking for. And so I think full disclosure in writing between whoever's using the AI, AI mm -hmm. and the end user, I think clear clear understandings in writing. And I think what will happen is we can use this AI to create better content in a less expensive fashion, faster and more to the point. And everyone will be on the same page as to what's covered, what's not covered and what we can do moving forward. That would be my short answer. That's <laughs> okay. All it's, right. I, it's, I'd, I'd hate to hear the long one. No, <laughs> yeah, it's my long one is a lot shorter than three years of litigation. So no, it's important stuff. That's true. You're right. And and speaking of, by the way, speaking of of risk mitigation, I, I I'm guessing you have a perspective uh, on the big uh, financial industry influencers on I think YouTube who have been hit with a class action lawsuit. I think over promoting crypto exchanges that wound up to be fraudulent. Um, there's probably a couple of other financial world things that are happening because typically when things go wrong with new tech, it happens there first uh, because their regulatory bodies are a little tighter. Tell us what you know about those cases and what that means for influencers. I think it's a it's a it's an eye opener, right, for for all of us doing business, especially for the influencer community on what we need to do. We're talking about the uh, the FTX class actions, and there's been more than one that have been filed. And we're seeing celebrities, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Larry David, Steph Curry, um, a lot of YouTubers who are named in this billion dollar class, multiple billion dollar class action cases for basically not following FTC rules and regulations when it comes to uh, advertising, when it comes to fraud, when it comes to breach of contract. There are all types of allegations. These are really serious charges. And I think what's what's important is with this new technology comes, in my opinion, in my legal opinion, no legal advice is being given, but in my opinion, <laughs> traditional offline requirements, full disclosure, 
reasonable transparency, the use of contracts, the use of contract terms, all of these things need to be incorporated to everything we're doing in the Web3 space. And I think that FTX class action case, and like I said, there are a couple of uh, published lawsuits that everyone should read. You can see the downside to doing things the wrong way. Even if you've done things the right way and you're a named defendant in these cases, it can take years of litigation. It can take hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to defend yourself and show that you haven't done anything wrong. And what I would like to see people do is actually avoid putting themselves in that position in the first place. And just real quick, they can do that, Jason, by, you know, using uh, legal liability entities when they're when they're influencers do business as a corporation or a limited liability company. Number one, that separates your business liability and your personal assets. Number two, use indemnity agreements and, and hold harmless agreements and waivers. Have those in your in your contracts. And last but not least, have an attorney's fees clause so that if you're inappropriately brought into one of these nightmare situations, you can get the parent company that hired you. Uh, to step up and provide you a defense and pay your attorney's fees. I think smart business owners in today's world, world smart content creators, smart influencers are incorporating those terms into their written agreements. But you and I both know a lot of the influencers that we're, that we're talking about, they're not using written agreements. So yeah. it's just an eye opener to do business in a, in a safe and responsible fashion. Yeah. Well, it's, there's, there's the, the sound advice, you know, from Mitch, from me, from everybody else, for those of you out there who are content creators, you know, get those contracts, you know, nailed before you do anything and use them and make sure you protect yourself. Because believe me, I know from experience, you know, having an agreement with a, a business agreement with someone and they end up not paying their bills and you don't have a contract, you're kind of stuck. You, you basically don't get paid. So it's, it, it protects you as well as them. So. Protect, it protects you and understand that we're in, we're in a new venue right now, especially when it comes to digital assets, NFTs, cryptocurrency, anything relating thereto. And I would include blockchain and smart contract. In other words, what state and federal government agencies regulate these types of transactions? Is what you're selling or marketing or putting together on a new platform, does it actually qualify as a security that's controlled by the Security and Exchange Commission. It doesn't matter what somebody on Twitter Spaces tells you. It doesn't <laughs> matter what you hear in Clubhouse audio. You need to speak to somebody that actually knows what they're talking about to give you advice and direction so that you don't inadvertently place yourself or your client in a situation that exposes them to either government oversight resulting in civil or criminal charges being filed or the FTX matter, which involves, you know, third parties or even the bank, you know, the big Silicon Valley bank issue that came down. All of these things are happening because we're looking at doing business through a new lens. It's an exciting lens. This is decentralized lens. I love all of that, but it's still a lens that needs to be controlled and it needs to have some focus. Very good. Crazy world we live in. Hey, hey real quick. Uh, I know you also have a big setup in the, uh, in the in the ether out there <clears throat> tell us about uh, maneuver uh agency which helps uh, folks get on the metaverses i know you've got a beautiful co-working space and meeting space in that virtual world. Tell, tell folks about what you're doing there thank you jason well we want to be a player in this space i want to walk my talk so when i'm dealing with clients i want them to understand that we've been there a to z when it comes to creating nfts virtual galleries and so what my son and i did when Garrett graduated from the marshall school of business at usc is uh, we started a new company, Maneuver, which helps 
traditional offline businesses transaction transition or maneuver into the metaverse. Uh, the platforms that we like, that we recommend, that I think have a business flavor to them, platforms that allow customers and clients to access them with their phone, their tablet, or their laptop, or their desktop, turnkey uh, opportunities that work for most businesses and satisfy the Mitch Jackson quality level. Okay. I don't want to be in a platform <laughs> with clients where little kids that look like Legos are coming up and pulling on my pant leg. And so we've, we've selected, we've selected platforms that are actually a 10 out of 10 when it comes to a conference room or it comes to a, a campus venue environment, or we, you, Jason, you and I can have, you know, a nice cocktail poolside in the French Riviera via one of our metaverse spaces. So it's just a new way of really diving in headfirst, getting familiar with all of the above so that when we're working with clients, when we're working with customers. Now, I will tell you that when I'm meeting new clients, especially tech clients, uh, oftentimes instead of a Zoom, we'll pop into a private venue in the metaverse, whether they're using their desktop or mm -hmm. their Oculus Twest uh, headset or whatever it may be. It's a new environment. It's a new experience. And I think these new experiences give your client or prospective client the opportunity to talk about you. It, it's brand expansion in the new Web3 spaces. And so not only are we bringing a new client in and showing them that we understand their technology because we're actually using it. But I also think that, you know, at that cocktail party in the evening or at that baseball game, I guess, you know, today's a pretty important day when it comes to baseball, Jason, yes, the people is. they're sitting with, right? They're yeah, talking we're, we're, about we're recording the, this on opening day. Go Buckos. Oh, look at that. Okay. Good luck today. But they're <laughs> talking about the experience they just had with their lawyer and where they had it and what just happened and how it made them smile. So I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of us to kind of you know, raise the bar when it comes to branding and uh, it's, and it's also a lot of fun. That's great stuff. And, and uh, there's proof to the pudding here, folks. Uh, for those of you out there uh, who are curious or want to know, uh, I actually brought uh, Mitch in uh, a couple of years ago uh, to my, to talk to my colleagues at Cornette, the agency that was my last stop before I came to Scipio and uh, to have him talk about what's possible in the metaverse, we met virtually in spatial.io. He showed everybody, you know, sort of how to in, in, move around in that environment. And wouldn't you know it, a year later, uh, Cornette was involved with a couple of clients, Lanes Inn Farm and Keeneland Thoroughbred Racecourse, and hosted the first metaverse thoroughbred sale on spatial.io. So Mitch opened really? the door and laid really? the foundation for that. And now Cornette's doing crazy things uh, in the metaverse. So thank you again for coming to the, coming to the table for us there, Mitch. You're welcome, my friend. Always here for you. Mitch, where can people find you, uh, the book, the virtual office and all that such on the interwebs? I would suggest I'm all over the place as you know it. But the, probably the easiest place to, to touch base with me is either over on LinkedIn, Mitch Jackson on LinkedIn, or just jump over to my blog, MitchJackson.com. You'll find all the links uh, embedded, you know, top, bottom, left and right in that particular venue. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned spatial and I want everyone to know, Jason, the platforms that you and I are using, they're as easy to use as StreamYard or Zoom. You click oh, yeah. a couple of links and you're in. It does not require much intelligence or coding ability to, to maximize these spaces. And I think once people figure that out, they start playing around with the bells and whistles and, and, and look, look at things through a new lens. So, and you can, you, go to, you can go to all of these places and have those experiences on your desktop or your tablet or your phone. You don't have to have an Oculus. The experience is cool mm -hmm. and different on an Oculus. So I would definitely try it, but 
you can you can go on your iPad if you have an iPad and do it right then and there. So it's, it's, and, mo- it's and most of these spaces offer free templates. So you can yep. click in, you can use a free conference room, a free outdoor auditorium or amphitheater mm-hmm. to do presentations. I think when you and I first jumped into spatial, it was just half of our bodies from our waist up, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. And now if you go in now, it's a it's a full avatar experience with you know live chat on the right, real-time language translation floating above our head. So if Jason speaks Italian and I only speak English, we're still able to communicate in real time. And AI, Jason, is going to be incorporated into these platforms so that uh, they're more inclusive. There'll be real-time transcripts playing on the side, uh, the ability to interact for deaf and blind clients. And it's just an exciting time, I think, for, for those, those of us that have been in business for a while uh, to really get up in the morning with a bounce in our step and use what we've learned over the last three decades to move forward in the next three decades to make a difference in our world, both locally and globally. So it's always a pleasure to be on shows like this with special people like you, Jason. And I appreciate all you're doing for the community, man. You're doing good stuff. Well, Mitch, thank you for saying that. And I was just about to say the same thing. You're one of those guys who keeps us, you know, funneling those 30 years of experiences into new things and (laughs) keeping us abreast of those. So thanks for the time and the wisdom, my friend. I appreciate having you on the show. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you, Jason. All right. Mitch Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh good stuff there. We'll drop the links to all those places and profiles in the show notes here on LinkedIn and YouTube. So if you're listening to, uh, to the podcast uh, after the fact or not able to jump in right now and watch live, head over to Scipio.ai on either of those channels and look for today's edition of the rise. The links will be in the comments there. Quick note for everyone, Scipio.ai has published its very own ebook called The Marketer's Guide to Community Influence Marketing. It's basically a step-by-step guide to plugging into your own community of customers, fans, and followers, identifying the influential voices among those people who already know you, and finding influencers and content creators to fill your content coffers with UGC, user-generated content, and promote you to their circles of influence if you so choose. Download the free uh, resource at getcipio.ai slash guide. That's getcipio, G-E-T-C-I-P-I-O dot A-I slash guide. It's free. It's a handy read to show you the power of community influence marketing. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the show. Thank you for joining us for The Rise, the community commerce marketing show where we document the rise of this exciting new category of marketing strategy, automation, and software that is community commerce marketing. The solutions we offer at Scipio.ai bring that power to you in the form of user-generated content and community influence marketing on scale. Find out more by just giving us a visit at Scipio.ai. Hit the demo button in the upper right. Rise is a production of Scipio.ai. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn or YouTube so you never miss the broadcast. You can also subscribe to the show's audio on demand. Just search for Rise, the community commerce marketing show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for being a part of our community. We'll see you again soon on another episode of The Rise, the community commerce marketing show. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com.
We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.